Lyrics of the Hub, your fan cast, brought to you by TV Series Hub. All right, welcome back, Nerks. We're excited to have you. I'm Kelsey. Hi, I'm Gemma. And we are really thrilled to introduce you to three guys. We have a huge podcast for you guys today. These guys went out and created a YouTube channel of their own called The Animus Workshop. They are producing original content, web series. They are absolutely hysterical. We are really excited to have Rupert Aspen, Paul Blatch, and James Elkin join us on the NERCs. Hello. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. That was really well done in unison. <laughs> so I guess we'll sort of, the, the face that most people now will be most familiar with is Paul's because he plays Luke in Luke Laley. So oh, yeah. Paul, can we start with you? Introduce yourself a little bit about, you are a multimedia developer at University of Southampton. Correct, How yes. did you get into media? And then, like, this insane idea from there. Uh, well, I mean, those two things are completely, I guess, unconnected. Um, in the sense that, I mean, I, I studied media and everything, so that's the sort of the job path I try to go in. Um, I did, like, an internship in Africa for a couple of months, um, which was pretty cool. Got to film lions and different wildlife and yeah, that was pretty great. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of us doing this Animus Workshop stuff, it's more of, uh, I don't know, we've been friends for so long that we, we've just been filming together, like stupid films all the time, really, um, from, I don't know, just weird films that we made up in the woods or tried to interpret different films to, like, Nothing creepy. No, no, no. Um, just, you know, you go to the woods and run around and go with friends and mm -hmm. hit each other with sticks. You know, we, you we've do. been friends for a very long time. So, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit creepy. I don't know. We're just going to keep on moving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on that note. Um, so, Rupert, um, just really hello. Um, can you just, you know, give us an idea of how you got interested in film and how you got roped into all of this with, with you guys as like this threesome and doing this Animus workshop? Yeah, uh, well, I suppose because I've always uh, been interested in writing and doing the writing side of it. And it gets to the point when you're trying to write where you realise that it's going to be easier to get people to watch something than it is to get them to read something. Um, but that's very hard to achieve on your own. So I went out with my girlfriend and then her brother is James, which is how we met. Oh. And I met Paul through James. And uh, just by chance, they both happened to be interested in, obviously, film, similar stuff to me. And it just so we went to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we went straight to the woods. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it just sort of evolves really organically. There was no, you know, I didn't search out for these people. Uh, you know, had I been a bit more organized in search, I certainly would have chosen better people, two better people, yeah. <laughs> but this is who I was left with. And, uh, it's going, Gotta make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. And James, I thought it was interesting. Um, so you were a former a avionics tech in the RAF. So, yeah. and then went back to uh, university to do visual effects. So do you, so first, how did your interest in media go from 
the working in the Air Force to like going to school. But also, are you the one who does a lot of the visual effects for the show? Um, yeah, so basically, I've always had an interest, but I think I never really took it seriously. So it was more like I did it for fun. So the main, one of the main things that got me still doing stuff within film was Paul because he was at university doing a course in that area and he'd always wrote me into helping out on projects. So he made a film about a zombie and I ended up being a guy that got pushed into a dirty swimming pool and eaten by some zombie and I had raw meat put all over me and <laughs> stuff like that. And, um, but then I kind of, I've always liked the technical side of things and I did a bit of graphics at college. Um, so I got to know like Photoshop and stuff like that. And it kind of evolved from there to um, learn other software that you could do more complex, like visual stuff. And then me and Paul just were always talking about, oh, with these things and both our, what we both know, we can maybe make our own stuff. And it kind of progressed from there along the side. And then even whilst I was in the RAF, we tried to squeeze it in. And then Root came along and uh, we started doing more, just the three of us. And it kind of went from there until I realized it was such a big hobby of mine that I love so much doing that if I could get paid to do it, then I'm kind of winning at life. So I took the plunge and left my job and now I'm at uh, film school. So. Wow. Right now. So I, uh, the tone of Lukulele is, <laughs> is hysterical. And I was sort of Brilliant. describing it to my husband. As, I was like, it's like... It's brilliantly done in that you feel like you know these people and you're kind of going, oh, my God, what are they doing now? Um, it's like that, like your friend that's just going to get in fucking trouble, you know, but you're going to go watch because it's hysterical. So how did you guys kind of develop the tone of the show and the idea, I mean, I know that you'd mentioned, I think, Paul, in an email, that you were like, well, we wanted to do a superhero movie, but then we decided to do this instead, um, which seems like a very different thing <laughs> to come in with all these different, like, or, you know, web series and originals that are all going to build together, I'm assuming. Um, so how did you kind of decide on the tone and, and this format? Uh, well, we the original idea of this self-shot, uh, superhero origin Paul had Paul came to us and he had this idea yeah I was walking home well from a staff party and I'd had a few drinks and I was like video chatting with my now wife and I was walking through a park with a like FaceTime on and I was like well imagine if now I was walking and like I was in the middle of a storm and it was all hitting me and I, I sort of in my head was acting it all out and I was on my way to Rupert's anyway um, because we were having like a meeting and I was like this I've got this great idea I need to tell you it now we need to write it down and um, it stemmed from some weird sort of afternoon in Rupert's kitchen really uh, yeah we found all three of them pretty much in that kitchen because it happened yeah. the same day that you came with your idea for the yeah. third of the three of the trilogy uh, so I don't, do you want to explain where you got that idea James uh, I have no idea I can't really remember <laughs> so long ago but it's just really weird that yeah we both had these quite different but almost similar kinds of ideas at the same time and um but annoyingly, they, they started off as being, the initial idea was they'd be very small, contained things that we could make in a short space of time, just as a way to start getting work out there to see if people would like it or not. And annoyingly, we're quite ambitious, and I don't think it's always 
a good thing because three years later it's only just <laughs> coming out now. Um, so you should explain what the third one is. It's like um... yeah, it's like a nerd. So I want to go. I was thinking of a route of trying to make it very visually stimulating because I like doing visual effects and things like that, but keeping it contained. So because it's only us three that make them, so we can't get it, make it too big. Um, so going the idea of uh, like a DIY science scientist that lives with his mum, but he's a genius at the same time. Another way of connecting it's Paul's idea of this storm that could give people powers and abilities, which could unlock his technology, so that he would, with his intelligence, could unlock all these gadgets and all these ideas started building up, and then we connected them in different ways and kind of grown from there really yeah but we like comedy as well in general like between mm. the three of us so we wanted to keep it all quite light-hearted and entertaining as well so the second series just around off is an animated one about two friends again it's like a superhero origin story but um we somehow managed to intertwine these three very different stories in three different worlds um and uh that one will be coming out later this year followed by the third one but you said about the I think your initial question was about how we got to the point where it feels like, you know, you're saying about how it feels quite intimate and that mm -hmm. Luke's like a yeah. friend. And that's something we wanted to harness in, in terms of the, the idea of vlogging and why people watch them, because you do get an intimate look at someone's uh, life. And in episode one, we show this ordinary world of this guy who's just doing ukulele tutorials. <laughs> Terrible. And it's really, really good ukulele tutorials. Can I have full crying But the idea of that was that we didn't want to just say, here's a, uh, a superhero series. As soon as you watch the first episode, you're, you're going to be hit by whatever the incident is. We wanted to show that this is a channel. And there's a reason the camera's on, and that is the fact that he does these vlogs. And he's, you know, vloggers, you can say sometimes they're a bit self-absorbed, blah, 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 blah. They've got the camera on them. So we wanted to establish that first. And then it's almost like the audience gets to witness the story unfold in front of them, um, as opposed to it having it shoved in their face. So that's... Uh, that vlogging thing was, you know, deliberate uh, just to, to achieve exactly what you said, actually. So it feels like, you know, more of a friend than just a character. It's probably worth mentioning as well, sorry, that um, initially we wanted to sort of be really sort of ballsy. And one idea, I don't know if it was between us or one of us had it, where we thought about the idea of putting these tutorials out as real tutorials for a while. <laughs> With the idea of trapping people of being like okay this is actually just a genuine guy trying to teach ukulele and then out of nowhere dropping in all these visual effects yeah. so people just be like oh my god is, is this real or not yeah, yeah that, that yeah. would be the dream but then we realised yeah. we'd get to the, the, that moment and there'd be no one watching yeah. it <laughs> so we yeah. know one song on ukulele so there's that there's a workaround yeah you don't watch someone else's tutorial then come that every time yeah yeah that was... but, uh, we decided for one episode just one episode one mm -hmm. tutorial then we'd get into it so which was good because it was slightly confusing when i first watched the luke and i was like i thought this was like a superhero thing but okay i mean it's funny and then the second one i was like oh okay 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 there it is yeah yeah so again that was a deliberate thing because we wanted it just to feel a bit more like it was uh unfolding hmm. I 
think you've touched on it a bit, but in terms of like ideas and things, is it a you know collaborative experience, or is it just that one of you has an idea and then it, and then you all like chip in, or do you take it in turns for the ideas, or how how does it all like come about? I think a lot of the time we all come up with ideas. They might not all be connected properly. They're just little pockets here and there. And then we'll turn around to Rupert and go, all right, you sit down, you look at these, try and make a narrative out of it. And then we come back. And a lot of the time as well, when, especially with like Luca Lely, when we've been filming, Rupert will turn up on the day and say, like, actually, I've made some amendments to the script. <laughs> and... Um, I've, I've got like three minutes to learn it. So luckily, like the vlog style allows you to like play around a bit anyway. But it's sort of great in the sense that while you're there in that moment, it's like, oh, actually, this idea could fit in. So then Rupert does like have a good way of like getting all the ideas together, even if you have a little bit of like improvisation or something like that. It's um, I think with his writing, it, it allows you to sort of pitch in your own ideas at the time as well as prior to actually being developed which is great so yeah. I think that's a good bit of context actually just to bear in mind when you watch these the fact that Paul is literally reading it and then doing it straight up <laughs> so there is definitely some, some credit that you're not getting no 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 no. we, we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed polished <laughs> piece of work I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> So I have a question then that makes me curious about a very specific line that now I am dying to know, was it written or improvised? And that was the, I don't have the balls for this. Well, actually, I'm brave enough, but I have really unsightly balls. Oh, that was so close to not being in that. I initially took that out because I just, I, I seemed like, I don't know, it seemed risky, but then I watched it. I basically, I left that episode for a while. When I was editing it, I came back a few months later and I saw it because I didn't delete it from the timeline. I just moved it to the end. And then just by chance, it scrubbed back over it. And I watched it again. I thought, I can't leave this out. It's just, it's just so... Yeah. <laughs> so I did put it in. But that, yeah, that was um, yeah, that was a written line. Um, but it was never a definite. It was because sometimes when we'd be filming it, I'd just write, you know, more than necessary. Some things we try and workshop with Paul and Paul would add things to it. Um, so there's always extra bits that we try out. And that was one of the things that I marked as a maybe. Um, but we did put it in in the end. Thank God. Well, it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> um, so, James, I wanted to ask about the visual effects, if you do that, because... What I found really interesting about this, and maybe it's because you guys took three years to do it, um, but a lot of web series are very, very stingy with their visual effects. And they're like, okay, because they have to be. There's a lot of effects in this, and, and they're really well done. Is that all you? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of been, it's been a lot of hours to do some of it, but... Um, yeah, but that's what it goes back to when I was had a different job. I happily just spend hours finding out how to do things, and sort of it works well because we we got a really good working relationship between all of us. So we'd always be communicating different ideas, and I'd be I go, could go away and think, is that a realistic thing to do? Um, and at the same time, these two push me a lot. So even if I'm like that is insane, like there's no way we can do it cut to now when we've actually done some stuff that I never thought we'd be able to do sort of thing so um, the process yeah. is usually 
I'll say, can we do this? James will say no. I ask four more times. He still says no. And then I ask the fifth time. And he's like, all right, I'll give it a go. And then he does it perfectly. I was like, what in terms of like the storm in the, uh, the second episode, he was like, all right, if you find like the cloudiest day possible, go to the, go to the forest and film this episode. We're like, yeah, great. We'll do that. Literally, like the week before, it had been so cloudy, so rainy. We went and filmed, and it was the sunniest day possible. <laughs> and uh, he ended up, he's, um, but he's such a perfectionist. He did do the redo all of the effects <laughs> in the episode as he, because it's been so long, he progressed from like the start so uh, much yeah, that yeah, okay. he redid it all to make it that much better um and i yeah i mean the episode if you'd seen the first one i think it's good anyway like i i loved it but then the the redo of it i was just like yeah okay this is i can see why you did it but yeah well, it's it, it must have taken like, so much time. Like painting i suppose is like you people could probably make a painting and adjust it forever if they wanted to keep improving it but it's all we found a good point now where we're happy with it and that's why we're like we should probably start trying to finish it finally so because that was at a point where you were still in the RAF as well so you uh, couldn't always make it to the filming day so me and Paul would go and film it and then we'd be like this, is this going to be an issue this? and then we'd be like nah James will sort it <laughs> so we really we really yeah, made well, it life difficult like the forest one you know I said at least try and make it cloudy if it's going to be a storm at least if the clouds are there saves me some time and effort <laughs> I was like and whilst you're running about if you can try and keep the camera a little bit steady so it's a bit easier <laughs> They gave me the footage, yeah, it was like bright blue sky. Oh, no. Paul was throwing this thing all over the place, and it was just absolute nightmare. Our problems. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there you go, you deal with that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But actually, like, in a way, it has been good because it's forced me to learn so much more, which is probably the only reason I'm at the film score mat now, because... I use a lot of that stuff to show them to be like, can I come here to learn sort of thing? And I guess they liked it because they let me go there. So um, it's all been, yeah, it's been invaluable to me making this transition. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pain in the ass, really. But, uh, <laughs> Taking a look at your website, um, which is the Animus workshop.com um, country shows football festivals what types of things do you bring to those types of events that's interesting uh, Paul do you want to get yours organised oh yeah great well we haven't <laughs> we, um, we did do that for a while at the beginning and we haven't done it so much recently but um, sort of it was <laughs> Generally, we try and bring like a positive attitude because a lot of the time with these things, everyone's always like stressed out. Um, Easier said than done. Yeah, but you, you turn up and like because there's three of us as well. We went to this country show and the um, like the real journalist was there taking pictures and he was like, "Why do you need three of you to be here?" We're like, "We're a team, I guess." I don't know. But um, generally, yeah, I don't know. We just try and bring sort of. We're very professional when we're interacting with other people. Like we filmed some um, like pieces of camera for uh, like a nuclear cleaning company and things like that as well. Disposal company, not nuclear cleaning company. <laughs> and, um, so uh, yeah, I, we we try and keep everyone calm. I think we've got quite a calming presence anyway. Um, we don't come <laughs> off too intimidating. Like in my my current job, like you, you do come across people that. I'm really, really nervous in front of a camera. So it's quite good to the fact that I guess we're all quite laid back that people are like, okay, we can, we can relax. And sort of, you get a bit more, nat like people are more natural in front of the camera when, when you're 
that way as opposed to like rushing everyone because we don't have a deadline in the same way maybe a journalist that has to turn around that video that day does but so we should also say that that, that those things uh, these you know corporate videos or whatever were mainly just to get some money so that we could do the web series basically so it's not something that we are particularly good at i'd say probably quite the opposite but it comes under the um our like us being too ambitious as well because we are so creative as well we're like we can do anything like let's just we'll try and do these events like weddings and make our own stuff and we very quickly learned like there's not enough time in the in the year to, or the decade to do everything at once mm. um so we finally started to like really narrow down our focus um but we still have like ambitions to make and like create our own business side of it as well but in our own creative way rather than doing things on corporate stages. I find it really funny that you say narrow it down because I'm like, you go on the, the, yeah. the YouTube channel and it's like the Love Actually parody and like the Update Hub, which is hilarious in itself, just giving an update, which I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. And then you have three web series coming out, one of which is animated. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean narrowed it down? I think that's, that's our main issue as well. Like for all of the after scene credit um, sequences, mm-hmm. we had... Um, we had this grand plan. It's like, all right, we, we found the location. We're like, okay, we're going to film here. It's going to take an afternoon and we're going to film. We're going to film another update hub in the meantime. And it's like, yeah, we, we're going to do this. It cut to maybe like the Sunday night. It was probably like quarter to 11, almost like, I don't know, midnight, something like that. We're all there in the dark with these like torches filming this cockroach bloody climbing over a watch <laughs> And you're like, oh, what, what are we doing? Why do we plan to have like four videos done? And instead we're just in here staring at cockroaches. It was like, yeah. paid for it as well, just yeah. in our own spare time. So. Yeah, the, the, I got to say the like knife scene with the blood. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is too long. I am so <laughs> uncomfortable. Like most, you know, most time you're they're like, a, you know, and this was like, oh, you could hear it like in the flesh. And I was like, oh my God, that is a serious choice. <laughs> like it's, yeah. you have this very light <laughs> video and then Actually, this yeah. very dark, you know, right. in credit scenes, I guess. Um, Okay, so, so I have two questions about that. Whose arm is it? <laughs> and can you, give us, can you give us any teasers about what the hell the end credit scene is? Well, we basically we wanted something in, in terms of like why we even did them was because the the vlogging style we knew. I mean, part of the reason we did it was because we knew that it does give you a certain amount of leeway in terms of uh, you know spending a lot of money on lighting, cinematography side of things. If we say it's a vlog, people know what vlogs look like. It gives us makes our job a lot easier. So that helped us in that sense. But we also didn't want to seem like we were copying out. So we wanted to show something a bit more cinematic, um, which is why we have these end scenes, just to say, you know what, this isn't as amateur as it may seem. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's also there's one advantage for it taking three years, because that wasn't actually part of the original plan. That came about last year, maybe? Yeah. It was quite late in the day. But we're so glad that 
it came into it because it just added an extra level to what would have been just a basic vlog, really. So, mm. and we wanted a way to keep audiences interested. So even if, say, there's not much going on in the first episode, it ends with that that leaves a few open questions. So people might hang on a bit to then see where it goes yeah. further along. So. And like speaking of, of audiences, is there a particular audience that you're aiming at? Because I I'm quite a quirky person and as soon as I watched it I was like, Yeah, this is this is the type of thing that's gonna keep me interested just because it's just so random and I love random, so I just is there is there a particular audience or are you just looking for the, the random people like me in the world who oh, just yeah, it's yeah. Like primarily because we I guess a lot of people that makes us say it where they make it for themselves. Like we, we're just making something that we know we'd enjoy. Um, and yeah, I guess that's the hope. Just we don't really aim for anyone in particular, but we just hope that people that are like us will see the little bits we're trying to put in there that maybe not everyone would find funny or get, but mm. as long as someone hopefully finds it funny and I think that's the advantage of the way we did it as well in the as I said we you know we the first episode we did it just a, as a, a normal vlog like it sort of does weed out the you know the fair weather viewers and we end up with just the people who actually are really enjoying it as we go through which you know may not be great for our YouTube stats but it's like the in terms of the interactions with people it's been really really nice the longer we've gone on the more people are like oh you know what I, I, I'm glad I invested in this I'm really being rewarded for it now in these later episodes so um, yeah any basically our audience is anyone who is willing to, to watch it <laughs> we're not desperate or anything okay so if you're the fourth and that's you yeah, and fifth then that's perfect yeah watch it the five of us <laughs> I mean we filmed it so long ago I've forgotten all about it anyway. So this last episode, I thought was uh, I was enjoying it as if I'd never seen it, and I was like, I was in this. Um, there's so many, like the scene with the car. I did not, I don't remember filming it because we a horse came and stood there for so long. long that that's all the only piece of my memory of that day is that the horse that like ruined the shot. So um, I don't know. Yeah, we well, seriously had to think about maybe we might have to establish the horse as a character because it does not go away. <laughs> Yeah, we'd written a contract out and everything, but it's really hard to get to hold the pen, so it, it was, um, yeah. Uh, it was like a very specific location. I lost this is It's cheap to hire. So, okay, so you, you've been doing this for three years. Luke Lele, you just had the season finale come out. You have your second series, which is an animated, coming out later this year, and then the third series. Um, is everything done? <laughs> and you're just <laughs> releasing it and working on new content, or what's the sort of like, you know, evil mastermind plan that you have for this? Um, well, no, everything isn't done. Uh, so currently, where we're at, we've got a few bits finishing off in the last two episodes of Ukulele. Um, but they're very close. Uh, oh, was the number four still... not the season finale? No, there's two more. Ah, Six episodes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned. Don't miss those. Uh, then, so they're, they're almost done. <laughs> 
the cartoon is again six episodes, and I'd say I think uh, me and Paul have done a fair amount of the dialogue on that. But we're, we're uh, in terms of animated, maybe two and a half episodes of animated. So there's a lot to go on that. So it's going to be a few, probably a few months after Lupo ends before we start uh, releasing that, and then the third one, yeah, we, you know, we've got a lot to do on that but that one's going to be a bit quicker yeah we're planning with Grey Matters the third one we're planning that it'll be actually be a quicker thing to shoot and more contained but then we'll have more time for like post-production type work so for the visuals and that we'll have more time to finish it in that respect so fingers crossed it'll all pan out as we hope it will but yes. so who is doing the animation who does that uh, yeah, I know piggyback with each other, and then Paul will do some of the drawings. I'll do a lot of the movements, and Paul will add the mouths with the dialogue and things like that. So, um, again, yeah, this is a collaboration. James has got his hands full with the third series, so he, luckily for him, he doesn't have too much to add on the cartoon. Um, so yeah, I think he, he is voicing a character though, so yeah, reluctantly. <laughs> Because oh, there's three of us, we uh, we just have to do everything. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's a lot of work. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're narrowing it down, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we learned a lot of lessons from Luke. Okay. Yeah. So it does sound like you've you've already got a lot of things in the works, but do you also have ideas even further in the future? Because we know you're very ambitious people, and that you've probably definitely got some ideas in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we know um, once or during the web series stuff going on, we want um, to try short films as well, just to be able to um, tell a contained story, but over a bit of a longer period of time and polish it even more. Um, so we've talked about maybe starting some of those in the summer, but again, it's like it's hard to know if we're just being amb- too ambitious again and we won't have the time. But um, That's definitely the next thing, though, isn't it, yeah. short films? Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think it'll be nice to because uh, it's so it's such a big scale these three web series because even because as I said they're they're all, they're all intertwining and they're all part of this universe that is also much bigger and um, so it'll be nice to uh, really scale it you know down into just a ten or fifteen minute front to back story um, so that'll be another new thing that we. I mean, we've done microfilms. We've done a few sort of 48-hour film challenges, two-minute films, things like that. But never something, never a short film that we've been able to sit and plan properly. Yeah. So that's the next thing, yeah. Yeah, so I'm very intrigued to see how an an animated web series uh, becomes intertwined with the others. So uh, yeah. I like yeah. the face James is making right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> it feels very like it, it'll be good. Um, so yeah. we're excited for that. This podcast is brought to you by TVSeriesHub.tv, your site for entertainment news, reviews, and interviews. Now back to the show. So can you guys talk a little bit about, because one of the things I think that you know, people find interesting is, is your lives outside of your work, right? So you, you all have obviously jobs, you're doing this huge you know, project together with the three of you. How do you cope 
And, and, you know, if you were talking to other people who were sort of entering into projects like this, what would you say? Like, here are, you know, we do yoga or we meditate or we go running or like, what are the things that help you sort of cope and keep everything? Because it's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. I would say, you know, if you could take four or five years to work on a project, it's great. You know, um, just take your time, really. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I think it's for us. We've been quite lucky, as James said before, like because we're quite close and a good team. I think it's if one of us is feeling stressed or we're having problems, you've got someone else to fall back on. Um, and our our schedules are fairly flexible in a sense. I mean, James did work in the RAF for so long that he, um, you know, he had a lot of time when he wasn't working to actually develop his skills. Um, and Rupert and I were quite lucky in the fact that we lived close together. So a lot of this stuff worked out then, but I think as a, as a piece of advice, I'd say, yeah, like get a good team. Um, just, and, and uh, I mean, not in our case, but planning is, um, is always key. I have a solid plan that you can work through at least for me. Anyway, I always like having a list and if you can tick things off a list, then you're, you know, it helps me keep like a, a clear mind, I guess, because I feel like I'm achieving something. Whereas when you've got so much to do and there's nothing planned, then it's uh, just a minefield of madness. So, yeah. I think um, mindfulness is such a big thing as well, like especially. Um, so I had my final day at work in the RAF last September, I think it was. And um, basically my last official day is actually tomorrow. So I'm still officially in, but I've had time away from work to transition. Um, which has given me time to really jump into everything with Luca Lely. Um, and I've really found a good chance to, with so much to do, it can be really stressful. But just to make the time on the side of it to really, you know, process what what's going on. And, um, you know, if you are stressed, just to be able to really be aware of it and process it in a good way. Where in, I like exercise anyway and I think just being healthy in general really helps you deal with such a big workload if that's what you're trying to get through. Um, for you as well, I guess. Yeah, I think for me as well, as almost always, I always try and remind myself whenever I'm stressed that this is the, these doing these things is what uh, is what I'm going to look back on and look at as a really positive period in my life. So I, the least I can do is try and enjoy it when I'm here. Because I'm going to look back and when the web series are out, I'm going to be like, oh, do you remember, you know, we're doing these like 12, 13 hours straight in this small room looking at a computer. At the time, it can seem like, oh, this is a bit of a chore. But I know when I look back, I'm going to think, oh, they were when we were really in the trenches. That was, Mm. they were the good days. So it's just trying to reinforce that and just remember that at the time, I think is something I try and do. I've just got a question for Paul. Um, was it a conscious decision for you to be like the face of Luca Lily or not? And is there any future plans for any of you other guys to step in front of the camera for like the main, be the main focal point? <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a conscious decision, really. Um, I, I think it just sort of happened. I think because as well, like I was the one that came forward with the idea. We sort of ran with it that I would be not like you know, the, the initial like plan of me filming myself. Um, I think that we just sort of went with that as the, 
initial plan anyway but Rupert's going to be the star of the third um, oh. web series <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, James that refuses to do anymore yeah I mean James, James has been trying to get us to kill off his character since day one anyway um, <laughs> yeah and he keeps hinting at it like oh what if we put in this giant explosion and Simon's in the car and it explodes and what if, and it's like you're staying in then he's going to be he's going to be the new face of uh, of the Atmos workshop really so, so Jay's going to be the breakout star the worst, the worst thing about it was because Root, Root was writing it at the time he knew how much I didn't want to act or be in front of the camera and the more I rebelled against it the more he wrote me into it <laughs> Initially, as well, James's character Simon was going to be like behind the camera, um, and some of it was going to be like the walkie-talkie interaction and uh-huh. just me talking to him, as opposed to like the audience all the time. Um, but as it went, it was like, oh, if we put this gag in, then he's behind, like getting yeah, electrocuted, like that'd be great. The so, target um, and everything. <laughs> yeah, but just to go back to Paul as well, it wasn't like just because he made the idea; it's also because. You know, he has so much charisma and he's great in front of a camera. He's he's a real drama queen. <laughs> um, well, so you know, I studied drama, so... Uh, <laughs> no, I did. I actually studied a bit of drama, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but not... not I, and then I went to media instead. I preferred the filming part, but I still enjoy, um, yeah, like, mucking around in front of a camera, really. Yeah. But, yeah, he was a clear choice to... Put it off, which I think you know, I think he's done a great job with it. Mm. Part of the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm the most like obnoxious a... of the three, so to play an obnoxious character, I think, was like inevitable anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the obnoxiousness was never intended in the character, it just really kept the <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think it's funny that all three of you are like sort of behind the scenes people who are now producing a web series where you're all in front of the camera. (laughs) So looking at your lives now and what you've done, what would you tell yourself as a child? Don't join the RAF maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I, I like the RAF was a great experience for me, but I think it's really like, as a kid, you're kind of always forced to go in certain directions, whether it's by parents, potentially, or teachers. And I think it's just a case of really trying to learn, but not rush, but to learn what your passion in life is and to be brave enough to follow it. So, that you know, no one wants to end up as a middle-aged person. They might have the money, but they're bored and miserable. You know, you might as well follow what you really enjoy once you... But it, you're not going to... You might not know it until you're in your 20s, which is fine. But I think it's just uh, once you find that thing, just uh, mm, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> I'd probably say a similar thing, but like I think for me, I always put it off because it was like, oh, I, I'm not good enough to do this. But then the more, for, as soon as I started working with these guys, it's, it's, the more we were doing things, the more I'm like, oh, this is really fun. We're having fun, and it's like actually we're making great things. And the, uh, one of the reasons we didn't put work out before is because we were like well we we have a standard that we want to meet ourselves before anyone would see it um and it's sort of yeah i think we should have just gone for it a bit sooner in a sense because a lot of the time we were just like mucking around we never took it seriously to a sense but yeah so i would say maybe just yeah jump in sooner yeah i think being good at something 
when you're younger, you think in terms of your direction, you think, what am I good at? Which is, I think, the wrong question. It should be, what do you enjoy doing? And becoming good at it mm-hmm. is just a byproduct of doing something you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, it, it, I, yeah, I tried to tell myself that, maybe steer myself towards what I'm doing now earlier. Um, but, you know, you never know, you know what needed to happen in order to be where you are now. So mm-hmm. hard to say, yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Okay. Well, guys, we uh, appreciate all the time. We have one final question we ask everybody, and that is your favorite fan experience. Um, I, I actually came up with something. I oh, did, yeah. Um, I'm really bad there because I don't know her exact name. Right. From Twitter. I, I don't want to sound really arrogant, though, like we've got fans already of our work. It's or okay. Anything. It's all right. You can have fans and not be arrogant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so what she goes by different on Twitter and Instagram. Is it Freckles? Je- oh, right. oh, yeah, yeah. What, what is her tag? Jackals. 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 Yeah. Um, but basically, um, she's been following us for a while now with our work, and she's been really great um, interacting with us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but she recently, like, um, went a bit quiet. We didn't hear much from her because she always like gives us feedback on stuff we put out. And uh, she was sort of saying she's been quite ill and she's been in the hospital and she's had complications. But then she, at one point, meant, meant, uh, messaged how watching our stuff's been really good because it's been quite positive and fun. And it's all helped to pick up her spirits a bit. So even at this early stage, even though we've just started to try and put stuff out there, to hear something like that's been pretty cool. mm, That's true. Yeah, she's, yeah. But again, I'm not being out like maybe no, she's not it's, a fan. Not, it's, not, so it's, nice. it's okay. Um, it's really nice. <laughs> and you set the bar really high for the other guys. So, you know, <laughs> let's see what they got. Uh, well, I, I've got a story maybe about someone I'm a fan of, um, which was kind of an awkward story because I worked I worked freelance in film and TV when I had, when I ran out of money basically. <laughs> Uh, and I was working on uh, the latest series of Fleabag, and I was working in production. Um, but we came to a reshoot day, and it's just one day, so they get back whoever they can. And they had to get some different sound guys in, and they didn't have enough uh, boom guys. Basically, they were boom guys short. So I was chosen to step in and hold this boom, and I was doing it in this. It's a scene where she's uh, at a counselor's and she's sat in a chair. I was holding the boom over Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and I'd never held a boom before. And it's a huge room, so it's a really long boom. Mm-hmm. And I thought, these guys, they don't look like they're in great shape. It can't be that hard. And I held this boom, and the scene is about six minutes nonstop. And I was, I was holding it, and I was getting weaker and weaker. And I, just, I looked across at my microphone. It was shaking because my arms were like, oh, and I realized that I can't hold this anymore. And it's getting lower and lower. And it's flying in the head. And thank God, they called the cut. And I was like, oh, oh I can breathe. And then I walked out of the room and I thought, I'll see what the sound mixer says. Because I know I was shaking a lot and I wasn't doing a great job. And as soon as I walked out, I heard him say, on the radio to his other boom operator he was like yeah we're just going to have to use the radio mics so they, they, I completely botched it and they had to use a different mic so that was uh, yeah that was my experience as a, a boom operator which wasn't very fun but at least I didn't I didn't hit her on the head with it that was the worst I mean, I think our fans are great at the moment. We've been getting a lot of like positive comments, but I think for me, someone I met or didn't meet 
um, when with at college, we used to go on a lot of school trips to London to go to the theatre and all this stuff. Um, and uh, we were walking down the street, and uh, J.K. Rowling walked by, and we were like, "Oh my god, it's J.K. Rowling! I can't believe it! I can't believe it!" So we ran up to him and like, "J.K. Rowling, um, I, can't, I can't believe we met you." It wasn't her. It was just some <laughs> random woman who, I swear to God, looked so much like her. And she was like, I'm not J.K. Rowling. And she sort of had to, like, scurry off. But because there were, I don't know, maybe, like, 30 of us, because it was a school trip, everyone was going crazy thinking it was her. It was really, really embarrassing. Oh, so yeah. you set off, like, a chain reaction where everyone yeah, was it, it was sort of walking down a little street. And I, I mean, I swear to God it was her, but that wasn't we did author Jacqueline Wilson on that same trip though she was walking down the street it was legitimately her so, it, yeah, honestly it was so I mean mm, we all believe you Jacqueline Wilson that's awesome well th- thank you guys very much <laughs> for sharing well, yeah. thank you guys yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been because yeah, yeah. Well, it was weird just to, for you guys to even ask to talk to us because. Did you say it was weird? Kind of been... <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, not, not weird. We're so we're so famous now. You know, we're very arrogant people. So it's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, every this is all new for us. Yeah, it's the first time yeah. we've really released something and put it out there, and uh, it's nice to uh, be able to talk to people about it that yeah. might be interested. So. Yeah, well, it's it's really fun and funny. And I know at one point you had commented, um, I think, Rupert, about like, oh, we put like these in credit scenes so it doesn't look so like terrible or like low, whatever it was you said. I don't even don't think it's terrible, but it doesn't yeah. because it like it obviously takes a lot of planning for it to look as casual as it looks. If that makes right. sense. You know, like it, uh, it's really it's really great. And and bravo to you guys. Yeah, Bye. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another Nurks podcast. Rate us, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Nurks of the Hub. And let us know what you think.